Hi, and welcome to ONS Energy Talks, where we share some of the highlights from this year's ONS conference. My name is Inger Johanna Stenberg, and I work with communications in ONS. In this episode, you will hear Elon Musk in conversation with moderator Senia Wicked. This recording was done at the ONS opening ceremony, 29th of August, 2022. The founder, the CEO, and the chief engineer at SpaceX. Yes, I am talking about you. The CEO and the product architect of Tesla. Angel investor, a disruptor. He's also a man who's had some very interesting things to say on the theme of this conference on trust. He's described himself as being obsessed with truth. He believes in sunlight being the great disinfectant. Elon Musk, please do join me. Such a pleasure. Let me start. Tell us how you think about trust. Well, I I believe in trust and transparency and uh, the pursuit of truth in general. but, I mean, first let me just take a moment to say thank you for inviting me, and it's an incredible honor to be here. Um, so, uh, I love Norway. So, and um, and, and I, I just want to, to thank um, the, the leaders and the, the, the people of Norway for their longstanding support of electric vehicles uh, and sustainable energy. Um, and I just want, uh, you know, the, the people of Norway to know that, hey, you, you really made a difference. And... Uh, you know, so I want I, thank you. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us. But I'm still going to come back to the question. <laughs> tell me, tell me, how do you think about trust? Well, I think there's, um, I mean, that, that's, that, that's, that's really quite a philosophical question. It is. And uh, one could wax on at length about that. I guess, um, you're talking about Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I was told that's the one topic I'm not to talk about, so I'm going to avoid it. No, they, they both start with a T, I suppose. Um, well, I mean, I do think that with respect to uh, information, um, you know, generally people want to know that the information that they're receiving is uh, accurate, uh, that it is a representative uh, of the full picture, um, and they want to be able to believe what they read and, and not feel that it's overly biased or at least understand the nature of the bias. Um, so I think... Um, one of the key things to trust is transparency um, and uh, for people to really know, uh, you know, if, if there's like a social media company or something to understand what the algorithm is. So to open source the algorithm so people can look at it and critique it and it's not a black box. Um, and then if there are any modifications done by people at that social media company that they're clear and again transparent um, and so it's not hidden. Um, and um, and, and I, you know, I believe in the, the sort of free flow of ideas um, and, uh, and just generally erring on the side of uh, free speech uh, with, within the boundaries of the law. Within the boundaries of the law. It's a great place to start, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think you, you can't go sort of beyond that without being arrested, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on, shall we? Um, you've been a great disruptor of technology, technological models in energy and space. Where is the unexplored area for disruption? I mean, I don't aim to disrupt for the sake of disrupting, you know. Um, it, it's, it's more like there's um, thinking about w- w- what set of actions, what set of actions are most likely to lead to a better future. Mm-hmm. 
And so, you know, in, in order for, one of the things, obviously, in order for, to, for humanity to have a compelling future for civilization is that we must have a clear path to a sustainable energy future. That's one of the things that I think everyone, I think, would, would agree with. Um, now, I actually am not someone who, who would tend to sort of demonize oil and gas, to be clear. Um, this is necessary uh, right now or, or civilization could not function. So I do think we actually need, um, and actually at this time, I think we actually need uh, more oil and gas, not less. Mm -hmm. um, but, but simultaneously uh, moving as fast as we can to a sustainable uh, energy uh, economy. And I thought the words of the prime minister were uh, just spot on. You know, it's, um, and I'm, I'm glad to hear that there's a, a large effort for uh, uh, ocean wind because that, that's uh, that, that that's a, I think a massive untapped potential. Um, I, I would say go even more than what the prime minister said. Frankly, it's like that, that's uh, you know, I mean, if you did a hundred by a hundred array um, uh, of ten megawatt systems, you'd have a hundred uh, gigawatt capability. And, and then uh, you do need to combine that with uh, stationary storage battery packs to buffer the energy because sometimes the wind blows and sometimes it doesn't blow. <laughs> well, it doesn't blow as hard. And so, so you, need, you need to buffer it with, with battery packs, stationary battery packs, uh, and Tesla and other companies are also making that. So that the sort of the three uh, pillars of a sustainable energy future are sustainable energy generation, uh, which is uh, hydro, geothermal, wind, solar. I'm also pro-nuclear. Um, I mean, I, I think it's, we, we should really keep going with the nuclear plants. I know this may be an unpopular view in some quarters, but I, th I think if you have a well-designed nuclear power plant, you should not shut it down, <laughs> um, especially right now. <laughs> um, but I, I try to say what I, what I think is uh, you know, scientifically cogent, even if it is not popular. Uh, so anyway, so the, the pillars are sustainable energy generation, but then must also store the energy uh, because many of the, the the two main sources of of sustainable energy, wind and solar, are intermittent. The wind doesn't always blow, the sun doesn't always shine, so you must uh, buffer the energy in in stationary battery packs. And then the the third element, uh, obviously, is uh, electric vehicles. So electric cars, trucks, uh, aircraft, boats. Uh, with the ironic exception of rockets, but but, uh, but I, I, we do have a plan for uh, sustainably producing the rocket propellant, which is actually uh, uh, almost 80% uh, uh, liquid oxygen. So liquid oxygen you can get uh, from obviously from the atmosphere, um, and then the, uh, our, we're going with uh, methane uh, fuel, uh, which is 20% of the propellant. Um, but that you can make uh, also sustainably long-term uh, from uh, CO2 and uh, water, H2O, which produces CH4 and O2. So that's the so sort of sustainable long-term path for rocket propellant generation. And, and that's how it would have to be done on Mars, for example. So not electrifying quite yet. We, we, are, we do actually have sustainable power generation for some of our propellant uh, generation already, but it's, okay. it's a small percentage now, but it will be a big percentage in the future. You know, you've got... I was about to say the energy in industry here, but that's probably an exaggeration. You've got a you know pretty pretty significant set of the energy industry here. If you were to look ahead five, ten, fifteen years, what is the disruption going to look like in the energy industry? Well, I think we'll see tremendous change over the next five, ten, or fifteen years. I'd say like if you say by 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 twenty thirty, I would say probably half of all new cars made will be electric. 2030, half of all new cars. That's my guess, yeah. Okay. Um, by 2035, it, it might be 
80% or something like that. I think it could be even higher than those numbers, but the, the, the car industry is moving rapidly towards uh, electric. And um, you know, one, one country after another and one state after another is, uh, are making um, zero emission mandates. California mm -hmm. recently mm -hmm. passed a zero emission mandate. Oh, oh, new cars sold in California, I think 2035, uh, can only be um, zero emission. So, the UK is as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's, it's it's clearly the people of the Earth. Yeah, <laughs> people of Earth have decided this is the way to go, um, and so I think this is. So we'll see quite a tremendous change in in that regard. Um, and if you look at the streets of Norway, you actually see an advanced version of that because Norway has a um, some of the highest. Norway's, I believe, gone to majority electric yeah. vehicles uh, yeah. of, of new cars sold. Oh, which is which is great. Um, again, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, so if I if I pick up on that idea, so the future, the biggest change you see for the energy industry is electrification, electric car vehicles, uh, light transport, maybe heavy transport. Um, what does that mean about supply chains? So, if you kind of yeah. roll that backwards, what is the supply chain going to mean? What are you worried about if we're going to meet that rise? Yeah, so the, the interesting thing is that you say, like, what, what, is the, what, are the, what are the limiting factors governing the rate at which mm -hmm. the world can transition to sustainable energy? Um, and I think it's the rate at which uh, one can grow uh, battery production. Okay. So then if you say, well, what are the constituents in the battery, um, in lithium-ion batteries, it's, uh, you, you've obviously got lithium, um, you've got uh, a cathode, which is the, the, the main cathode, materials are going to be a metal, and that's uh, nickel, manganese, uh, and iron. Mm -hmm. um, and on the uh, anode side, it's primarily uh, uh, carbon, it's, uh, graphite. Um, and um, so in a sense, you're sequestering a little bit of carbon in the battery. <laughs> um, and uh, and with, with some silicon added for energy density on the anode side. And then there's the electrolyte and whatnot. So it's 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 and, and, the, and the main limitation is actually not that these metals are exceptionally rare, um, but that there's a, a tremendous amount of processing equipment to take the ore and turn it into battery-grade uh, materials. Because the, the battery-grade um, anode and cathode have to be extremely pure in order for the battery to um, last for a long time. And so it's, it's sort of processing of those elements. And I'm sort of writing this sort of master plan part three, which is, what are the steps needed to scale uh, sustainable energy, and um, again, what, what are the limiting factors, and, mm -hmm. and, and how can we potentially accelerate these? Um, so hopefully finish that in a month or two. So do you want to give us a preview? What are the gating functions, if you will, that we need to get over? What are the, what are the big uh, steps? Well, the materials that I mentioned are, yeah. are really essential. So it's generation, it's processing, Yes, there's, there's actually there's not a raw material constraint. So there's okay. actually a tremendous amount of lithium. Uh, lithium is almost everywhere. Um, it's it's one of the most common elements on Earth. So is iron, mm -hmm. and so is carbon. Um, and then on the iron, you usually combine um, phosphorus. So it's iron phosphate. Um, so that, that'll probably be the the biggest uh, chemistry that's used. Um, so it's, it's not so much the raw materials as it is converting the raw materials into um, the highly purified form that can be used in batteries. And so that's a tremendous amount of, of processing needs to happen for that. Mm -hmm. at, 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 a, at, at, really at, the, at the sort of scale that is currently uh, 
you know, comparable to the world oil and gas industry. So it's a, the scale is just tremendous. So, so this is all happening, and it's happening fast. It's just a question of how can we, what, what can we do to potentially accelerate that and make it go even faster. So it's all happening. It's just a question of when. And are you going to give us the answer to that? What can we do to accelerate it to make it happen even faster? If we're going to be 50% new electric vehicles sold uh, in, what, eight years, you said? I think I think that's actually where we're, where we're trending. Okay. Even if we we if, even if we just keep doing the things we're currently doing. Okay. Yeah. So it's not so it's pretty. So you don't pretty see good. A, you don't see a limiting function at the moment. No, I, I don't. I don't see a limiting function. It's, it's really just um, how how many years will it take us, and are that actions we can what actions can we take to have it be faster? And it's mm-hmm. going to be increasing the rate at which we can convert the uh, ore into battery grade materials. That will set the rate at which we can build electric vehicles and stationary battery packs to capture solar and wind. So this is all, you know, basically what, what I'm saying is, is, is this is a, uh, an optimistic and positive message. Um, and I, I'm not suggesting at all complacency, um, but just saying that things are moving in a good direction. And, but obviously, if we can make them go even faster, that's better. And a lot of this happens in China, right? At the moment, today. So, yes. <laughs> yes. So you said last year that you thought trust in China would improve, improve post-COVID. So do you think that's happened? Do you see China as an investment opportunity today? Well, Tesla is actually investing in uh, production in, in China. So we have uh, a large factory in Shanghai, and mm-hmm. we are continuing to expand output and invest in that factory. Um, but we're also investing in Europe with our factory um, just outside of Berlin mm-hmm. um, and in the U.S. with our new factory just outside of Austin. Okay. So, and we, we hope to announce um, a location for another gigafactory perhaps later this year. So we're going as fast as we can. And, and I've always said that the, I would say like when you look at Tesla, the, the fundamental good that Tesla does, I think it's not measured by profit, but rather uh, by how many years will Tesla have accelerated the transition to sustainable energy? This is how okay. I think this one should look This is your measure of success. Yes, yes, yes. And and I, th- I think we have accelerated it to some degree already. You know, I think if it wasn't for Tesla, the, the car industry would have transitioned to EVs much uh, later. Exponential curve or straight it is, line? It is a somewhat, of, it is an exponential curve, yes. Okay. You know yeah. you're making me use my chemistry and my maths, which yeah. I haven't done in... Yeah, I, I, I a few so, decades. M- most people don't know what a, an exponential curve means, but it's a... I, I think most people like in this. this room... Maybe in this room, yes, this, yes. This room, they know, yeah? Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah I thought so. How about a logarithmic curve? <laughs> Log- now that's optimistic. <laughs> no, what? Uh, <laughs> Can you do it? Uh, no, I, well, I think, th- I think the, 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 the things are improving exponentially with respect to sustainable energy. So, okay. uh, but if we can go, make it go faster, all the better. So how do we go from exponential to log- logarithmic? Well, I no, I think. Well, log- Come on, you've thought about this. I know you've thought about this. <laughs> logarithmic is is actually fast in the beginning, but slow at the end. So I think we we, we actually it, what will actually happen is 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 a transition from uh, it'll follow, it's following an S curve. So you have an exponential mm-hmm. increase, then linear, and then logarithmic, um, and that's that's basically how any transition. Uh, large industrial transition happened. I think I'm going to get off math now because okay. I could get into trouble. What's your approach to risk? I'm safer in philosophy. Well, I think it, it, you know, it, it just arbitrarily uh, seek risk. Um, I think there's, you know, some things are risky, but 
if this, you know, if, if the stakes are important enough, then you take the risk. And today the stakes are important enough. Yes, I mean the stakes are very extremely important, <laughs> very fundamental to the future. Because you take, I'm guessing, I'm just, you know, I don't know everybody in this room, but my guess is is that you take significantly more risk than possibly anybody in this room, but certainly more than 95% of the people in this room. What, what allows you to take those risks? Are you faster? Are you smarter? Do you think differently? What do you do differently that allows you to do something that most people here, smart as they are, can't do? Well, I think there's probably a lot of people in this room that do take a lot of risks. But... I do take the risk. <laughs> <laughs> I literally just try to use a scientific method, frankly, and you know, consider the, you know, what, what is the importance of the outcome and what, what, what is one risking in, to, in order to achieve that outcome. And, uh, but like I said, if the outcome is important enough, even if the probability of success is low, one must, I think, still, still do it, in, in my view. Um, some things are very important and if, to, in order to have a good future, and if we don't do them, well, then we're in big trouble. And so, then how much of a risk really is it? Because if we don't take those actions, we won't have a good future. Um, and I think the riskiest thing would be no action. So it's almost as though it's really not a risk. It's not a choice at all. Not really. I think it's wonderful that you can change the world. Because you really can change the world, and you have. You have the ability to do what, in many cases, not even governments can do. I mean, I, I, as I was doing a little bit of research for this panel, um, one of the data points that um, I saw is you were able to turn on, if you will, the internet in Ukraine in just four hours. What kind of responsibility do you feel as a corporate leader you have when you have that kind of power? A bit longer than four days, but uh, uh, it was it was about oh sorry four, four hours about four days I think. Um, well, we, we we did have some guess that maybe there would be something happening in Ukraine, and uh, and so we did preposition uh, some Starlink terminals there uh, just in case. That was helpful for the initial uh, part of the invasion, and then we accelerated delivery of a lot of terminals within a few days of the invasion taking place, um, and. Uh, the Ukrainian government tells me it's been very helpful. Um, so yeah. Forethought is the answer, perhaps. I mean, forethought and, and just moving quickly, uh, decisively. I do, I do hope a, a peace, some peace can be achieved in Ukraine and Russia. Between, you know, that's. Um, I, I do think some short, some thought should be, should be given to you know what's the end game there. Um, and um, I think the end game will require some compromise on the, the part of both parties. You've said that what you're solving at Tesla is an AI problem, not a transportation problem. And you talk about the next big disruption being AI. What can AI do to help combat climate change, particularly in this period, the short-term period, as we're transitioning? Well, Tesla's goal from, from when we started it has always been to accelerate sustainability. So that is still our primary goal by far. Uh, we have a secondary goal, which is to solve um, at least real-world intelligence as it applies to self-driving cars, and then potentially you know, with, with uh, humanoid robots, and so Tesla is in part an AI company, um, and increasingly an AI company, but is still primarily a sustainable energy company. AI, what will AI do? I, I don't think we need AI to solve sustainability. Mm -hmm. uh, that, that, is, that is happening 
it might help us accelerate it. But I think we should also be cautious about AI and just make sure that as we develop AI that it you know doesn't get out of control and, mm -hmm. and that, uh, that the AI helps make the future better for humanity. And that's something I know you're working quite a lot on. I think we should be more worried about AI safety than we currently are. Especially, you know, the, the future wars are really going to be, and we're seeing a taste of that within, in Ukraine, uh, very much uh, drone wars. If, if your drones are better than their drones, then you won't, basically, is what will happen. Final question, we've just got a minute. What keeps you up at night, and what are you doing about it? Well, there's the, the, the two main technical, I mean, I'm fundamentally a technologist. It's a kind of important, or engineer, too. so... You know, sometimes people call me like a businessman. I guess I have to do business. You have to have a group of people because I can't just do this in a garage by myself. Um, but I'm fundamentally an engineer or technologist. And so the two technologies I'm focused on trying to ideally get done before the end of the year are getting our Starship uh, to orbit, uh, which I think is important for expanding consciousness uh, beyond Earth um, and life beyond Earth. And then uh, having the Tesla cars be able to do self-driving, have self-driving in wide release, at least in the U.S., and, uh, and hopefully uh, potentially in Europe, depending on regulatory approval. Those are two great, great goals to have, and I wish you luck. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you from the audience. Thank you. Please, ladies and gentlemen, Elon Musk. Thank you so much. Real pleasure. You just heard Elon Musk in conversation with moderator Senia Wicket at the ONS conference in August 2022. Stay tuned and subscribe to ONS Energy Talks, where you find your podcasts to hear more highlights from ONS in the months to come. <laughs>